Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. to Nuggets Numbers. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Monday night as we are on the eve, on the doorstep of the 2020-2021 regular season. Things are about to kick off. Training camp is about to begin. Nuggets players are filing back into Ball Arena as we're going to conduct these things mostly virtually for the media perspective, but for the Nuggets and for Nuggets staff and coaches and front office members, this is about getting back together. It's been a weird time, obviously. It's been a short time since the Nuggets ultimately lost in the Western Conference Finals last season in the bubble, but they're back. Um, that uh, That was September 24th, I believe, September 26th, maybe, and just over two months, and they are back at it. It's a shorter than normal season. If they had lost at this point last year, it would have been around June 1st, and then they would have arrived at camp at around September 30th or so, like October 1st. So normally would have been a a four-month off period. Now it's only two. It's unfortunate from from the Nuggets perspective, but you got to do what you got to do. And I'm curious as to how they handle it. I'm curious as to what the message will be from the coaching staff, from management, and from the players. Like, they very well could come out and be like, ah, we we were just in the Western Conference Finals two months ago, and, like, we're good. Like, let's not try immediately. Uh, I think that would be the wrong message to send, but it is possible that they could kind of do what they did this last year, uh, kind of just mosey around for the for the regular season games that they played and then get ready for the playoffs and then still get to the same place. They were in the Western Conference Finals just, like, perfectly fine. And they they didn't really try during this last regular season. Or at least not full bore. I think that would be a mistake. I think they they have a lot of things and a lot of questions that they have to work through. But we're going to find out what their message is heading into tomorrow. And I'm excited to talk about all of that. So... First things first on this podcast, we're going to talk about what the what the plan is over the next three weeks. Uh, second segment, we'll talk about the newcomers and what, what I expect to see from them. Third segment, we're going to talk about just the biggest questions overall heading into training camp. I wrote an article about this on denversniffs.com. This is for my fellow folks that love to hear it over an audio platform and have me talk through my feelings as opposed to the visual platform of just reading the article. So if you want the accompanying article, then make sure to head over to denverstiffs.com and check out everything there. We're going to have a couple of new what-to-expect pieces about the newcomers. I figured I'd introduce what I'm 
kind of thinking they're going to do over the course of the season and trying to head into that thing, but there are a lot of questions, and this is the most turnover that the Nuggets have had as a roster, so I'm, I'm looking forward to getting into that. But before we do, let's circle back to the dates. Let's circle back to the logistics here. Um, beginning tomorrow, Michael Malone and two players, this time it will be Monte Morris and Jamichael Green, are slated to speak on Tuesday. Uh, we should have more information about that. Uh, they're going to speak during the middle of the day, and as more players file in for their individual workouts, as more guys get in, we'll probably hear from more and more people. Uh, but to kick it off, we've, we've got an interesting slate of folks. We've got Michael Malone, who we haven't talked to since I think the exit meetings, I'm, I'm pretty sure, uh, late September. I could be wrong about that. Maybe I am. Um, we're also going to talk from uh, with Monte Morris, who the Nuggets just signed another backup point guard. Monte's been in extension talks. I'm really curious as to see what he thinks of Facundo Campazzo and, and his presence on this roster. Um, it's at least curious. Uh, and then we're going to hear from Jamichael Green, who faced the Nuggets in the postseason uh, with the Los Angeles Clippers. And he was he was a backup big man during that time. But I thought there were a lot of scenarios where he was the best possible option for big men on that roster. Between Visa Zubac, Montrez Harrell, and Jamichael Green, there were definitely scenarios where Green was the best fit to face against the Nuggets. So I'm at least curious about that. Um, I'm curious what he thinks of Denver, what, what interested him in Denver, what he noticed about the Nuggets during those playoffs a few months ago. Curious from hearing about Monte about his contract, and I, he may not discuss that, but I'm, I'm at least curious to hear about his contract and his role and what he expects. And I'm curious from Malone what his expect was his what his expectations, excuse me, uh, for this season are. What he thinks about Michael Porter Jr. and Bull Bull heading into the year, uh, kind of the the improve or the the more aggressive roles that I have to imagine they're going to get during the year. And then how this team is going to approach the rotation given COVID-19. There are a lot of questions, and I have a lot of questions about how the Nuggets are going to build their rotation and, and whether they're going to keep it as tightly knit as they generally do. Uh, most often under Malone, he ends up finishing the season with a nine-man rotation. That could be the personnel that the Nuggets have. That could just be a comfort level. It could be that he wants a starter out there at all times and just needs to work towards that and find out the group that makes the most sense. That seems to be what has happened for the majority of the seasons that he's been here. Um, last year, it was Jamal Murray who ultimately found his way with the bench unit in the playoffs and in the regular season. Um, and it was mostly an eight or nine man rotation when things really counted for the most. I'm curious to see how he handles that, and given the 72-game season and the quick turnaround, whether whether he expands that to more folks. It's it's at least a possibility, and so I wanna I wanna go over the minute totals for the Nuggets during this past season, and just share what I think is kind of the most interesting factors there. The Nuggets had 11 players who averaged at least 15 minutes per game. Uh, not all of them finished the year, and some of them were, like Malik Beasley was traded. Uh, he was ninth at 18.2. It went Will Barton at 33, Murray at 32, Jokic at 32, Harris at 32, Jeremy Grant at 27, 
Paul Millsap at 24, Monte Morris at 22, Torrey Craig at 18, Malik Beasley at 18, Mason Plumley at 17, Michael Porter Jr. was the 11th man at 16.4. Kind of finished that year as the 10th man, or maybe even the 9th man, given what you think of Torrey Craig. But for most of that season, he was kind of on the fringes. I think a guy like Bull Bull could be in that place this year. But we don't know how many guys Michael Malone plans to play. Uh, We don't know whether P.J. Dozier has elevated himself into that rotation. Uh, Whether Bull Bull has elevated himself. Whether Isaiah Hartenstein, one of the newcomers, is going to take the backup center spot. If they plan on doing that by committee. Um, I have a lot of questions as to how he builds this rotation and who he builds it around. I have my guesses, but... I think it's going to, that's one of the major points I'm looking at heading into this year. Malone and other players will also speak throughout the week. Uh, I'm curious as to who we hear from. We, we expect to hear from everybody. This is media week. Uh, usually during media day, you get to go around and speak to every single player on the roster. You hear from Michael Malone and Tim Connolly in a separate press conference. Uh, I don't know if we're going to get all of that this year, and I certainly hope that we get to speak with every player. If we don't get to speak with every player, that's going to be a problem, Uh, but that's kind of the new reality that we face right now. Uh, If we don't speak with specific players, and if we don't hear about specific players being in practice, then there at least are a lot of implications for that. Could be injury-related, could be COVID-related, could be something else entirely. But until players answer those questions and are willing and are able to answer for themselves in that situation, then it's going to be in the back of my mind, given how it was in the bubble. Uh, The Nuggets went to Orlando with, I believe, eight players, maybe nine. It was one of the two. And the other nine, for a variety of reasons that uh, contractually not allowed to say what, uh, they weren't with the team initially. And so I'm wondering if that's going to be how this situation is like and whether we whether we see that going forward. Um, so we have a three-week timetable between now. Uh, t- Tuesday is going to be December 1st. That is the beginning of individual workouts. We have a three-week timetable from then to December 23rd, which I have penciled as the most likely first game for the Nuggets. I don't think Denver's getting an opening night game that's reserved for big markets and the big star, like the biggest possible stars. It wouldn't surprise me if Luka Doncic was on that, or Zion Williamson was on that, or Giannis Antetokounmpo. And then you're going to get your Lakers and probably the Miami Heat from the, from the East this year. And so, We'll see what they end up doing, but I don't expect it to be Denver. Um, So that's three weeks, just over three weeks, uh, from December 1st to December 23rd. Um, My biggest question is how the Nuggets plan on ramping up from not doing anything at all at the beginning of this stretch to then getting ready for full competition, getting ready for full games. Uh you know that some guys have been in the gym and some guys are always going to be ready. Jamal Murray is always going to be ready. Michael Porter Jr. is always in the gym working and he's on his craft all the time. Uh, the Nuggets have other guys like that as well, but 
it's very possible that other guys just kind of needed a rest from what the bubble was giving to them. Like, it's very possible that Jamal Murray is not exactly feeling ready to to start a full season after playing the most minutes of the bubble, uh, or at least in, in the bubble playoffs, given the, the amount of toll that he had to take. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if, if he needed a little bit of a break there. Uh, so whatever the Nuggets decide to do, December 6th, uh, which is the which is this Sunday, is when they get to begin full team workouts, from what I understand. And then December 12th is their first preseason game against the Golden State Warriors. So we're going to get a lot of information during this time. It's going to be in bursts. It's going to be spread out. But we're going to get a lot of information about this Nuggets team over the course of that period. So I'm looking forward to breaking it all down. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the newcomers, though. We're going to talk about what I expect from the seven new players that the Nuggets have acquired. We'll be right back. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And we're back. Nuggets numbers. Ryan Blackburn here. Talking about the new players that the Nuggets have acquired this year. Um... This is the most turnover that the Nuggets have had on their roster, I think in the Michael Malone era, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it wasn't expected that Jamichael Green was, I, it might have been expected that Jamichael Green would be here, but it wasn't expected that Jeremy Grant would be gone. So the Nuggets have had to pivot in more ways than one. Uh, they've had their eyes on Facunda Campazzo for a long time. They took advantage of R.J. Hampton dropping in the draft. They knew that they wanted a backup center type, so they knew they would get Zeke Naji. but they also added Isaiah Hartenstein, who they've liked from afar for a while. Uh, they added Marcus Howard and Greg Whittington on, G League, or on, on two-way contracts, so we'll get to talk about both of them. But let's start with Green. Um, Jamichael Green, as, as I mentioned in the first segment, good option on the Los Angeles Clippers, one of their most steady contributors. He fills a very narrow role of a six foot eight traditional power forward type who's pretty good at everything, not great at anything. Uh, he's going to play sound positional defense. He's going to hit his outside shots. He's going to move the ball. He's going to rebound at an adequate rate, but he's not going to do anything special. His usage rate is more along the lines of like a a floor-spacing shooting guard. Uh, he's definitely not out there to be a potent offensive threat or a fulcrum of an offense like a Jokic or a Michael Porter Jr. or Jamal Murray. That's one of the reasons, why, though, why I think he fits really well, is he understands his role, he understands what he's good at, and kind of defers to the other players for what he's not. So, 
it'll be interesting to see whether he goes for that starting power forward job, because I think that he's actually a better fit there with this group than Paul Millsap is at this point. Green's a little bit more mobile. He doesn't take as many shots. He doesn't take as many possessions overall. Uh, But he doesn't have that chemistry. He doesn't have the cohesiveness with Jokic immediately and with Porter and Murray that I think you want from a player like that, especially in this period of time. Given the quick turnaround, you want guys to immediately come in and hit the ground running as much as they can. So it would surprise me if he was the starting power forward, but I I think that he is the best option down the line. It would just surprise me if that's the direction that Michael Malone went immediately. Uh, If he doesn't win that job, he'll almost certainly be the backup, though. That's one of the key things about this Nuggets group is that unless somebody breaks out massively and, and the rotation has to be completely shifted around, I think Green was brought into play. I wouldn't expect him to be brought in and then playing less than 15 minutes per game. I think I think that's kind of his floor. Let's transition over to Facundo Campazzo. Uh, He's in Colorado now, good friend of the program, TJ McBride, reported that. Hire TJ. Uh, Capazzo's going to play some sort of role, and I think that's pretty clear. The roster doesn't necessarily say that he's going to play a big role, because Monte Morris is probably looking for a contract extension. He was good in the playoffs this past year. He's been steady as the backup point guard. I actually looked this up today and was surprised, and I tweeted it out, that Monte Morris has played every game for these Nuggets in the last two seasons. Starting, or like in the regular season, in the playoffs, anytime the Nuggets have suited up, Monte Morris has been on the floor. Like He hasn't missed a single game. So that level of dependability and that level of mistake-free basketball is one of the reasons why you like him as the backup point guard, because you know what you're going to get from him, and it's going to be good like 75% of the time. And that's great. It's not going to be great a bunch, but it's going to be pretty good. And that's really what you need from a steady contributor, especially on a team that's full of young players that are pretty volatile. Um, Campazzo's kind of the inverse there. He's less of a, a steady hand and more of a firecracker who likes to perform like performance art. Uh, he is a very creative piece. And he's a player that's going to come in. He's going to make flashy passes. He's going to take like ambitious shots. He's going to look for his offense. And he's going to look for offense for other players, too. He plays the game in a very creative and poetic way. But can he play at the same time as Monte Morris? I don't know. I, I don't really know the answer to that. I think the Nuggets believe that they can. They they made that firmly clear with, with kind of how they have relayed information. But... Campazzo isn't necessarily at his best when he's got another point guard next to him. You want the ball in his hands so that he can distribute. Uh, He will play well with other shooters, with other scorers, but he has to be the one to set the table, I think, or else he doesn't really serve as much of a purpose off ball. And then defensively, there's always going to be problems. So I don't think he's going to be a starter. That would be wild to me. I don't think he's going to be an outright bench player. I think he's going to kind of do a little bit of everything with this rotation. Or maybe he's just going to be the traditional backup point guard and Monte Morris starts doing everything with the rotation. 
Maybe they give frequent breaks to Gary Harris and Will Barton, and Monte Morris starts next to Murray. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm really curious to figure that out, because I doubt that they play together a ton. They're going to try, but I don't expect it to go very well. Moving on to the two rookies, this is pretty easy. RJ Hampton, he's going to learn, he's going to work out, he's going to grow as a player and a person, and he's going to watch from afar. He is not going to be playing a ton, unless Michael Malone decides to really open up the rotation and get guys rotated in, or the Nuggets just kind of suffer a massive injury bug, or COVID spike, for that matter. Um, RJ is very raw. He's a guy who has all the physical tools, but needs to put them all together before he becomes a productive player. He's not going to come in immediately and be productive. He's a guy that kind of makes sense as that the guy who shoots 45% true shooting, which is really bad, and then struggles to defend his assignment. But you can see the flashes there. He, he hits the occasional run-out dunk and just kind of wows the crowd, or lack thereof. Um... He's a guy who is going to be extremely quick with the ball in his hands. He's going to be a great cutter. Uh, I don't know what his immediate role is supposed to be other than watching. Uh, the Nuggets have enough guys. Same with Zeke Naji, actually. like The fact that the Nuggets brought back Paul Millsap and also added Isaiah Hartenstein and Jamichael Green, to me, it makes sense to rest Zeke Naji, to not play him immediately. Although, I did read the Denver Post article over the weekend that was a pretty good endorsement of what he can do. If he can defend 3-5 through and shoot 40% from 3 off the bench and rebound and just do kind of whatever it needs to be, like then he'll have an immediate role. Uh, But the Nuggets have a lot of guys who can do a lot of different things. So, right now he needs to start by doing a little and doing that really well and then improving upon that. Uh, that's probably defending his position and rotating. That's That would be what I would focus on if I were him. Isaiah Hartenstein is the guy that I mentioned. I think that he probably is going to come in and win the backup center job. If I had to guess right now, he would uh, be the bench guy behind Nikola Jokic, and Paul Millsap would start a power forward, and Green would come off the bench. I think that's a really good fit for both sides. Uh, Millsap and Jokic have chemistry, of course. Jamichael Green is more of a traditional power forward, while Millsap has the ability to slide to center. Um, he also needs to be a little bit more involved with the ball, while while Green does not. So Hartenstein probably works best with Green, in my estimation. I could be completely wrong about that, and maybe they decide to do it a different way, or maybe the numbers just don't work out that well. But... If Millsap starts and Green comes off the bench, I think it becomes easier to slot in Isaiah Hartenstein for 12 to 15 minutes off the bench every given night. Um, Give Jokic a rest. uh, Make sure those power forwards don't have to bang with centers all the time. It's probably the best thing for the Nuggets to win. To win games immediately. Now the two G... Or the two two-way contracts. Uh, they, I say G League, but like, we're not entirely sure what the G League is going to do. Right now, they're exploring a bubble in Atlanta, if I recall. Uh, Marcus Howard projects as a G League guy for the Nuggets. 
He's the fifth starting, or he's the fifth point guard uh, behind Murray, Campazzo, Morris, PJ Dozier. Uh, you could probably even throw Will Barton in there, like because he's a great ball handler and a facilitator. I would be surprised if Marcus Howard played. He's more of an emergency guard. I don't think he's going to really play at all, given how many options the Nuggets have. Uh, he's a guy that I expect that if they were to be in a really tough situation, he could come in and be a good scorer. Could come in and maybe handle the ball a little bit. But that's really all I consider right now. Um, maybe that changes. Maybe he just scores the ball so well that you have to play him. And if that's the case, the Nuggets will be in a really interesting spot. But right now, I don't expect that. I, I at least give it a year. Um, ditto for Greg Whittington, although he's a little bit different. Uh, he'll probably start in the G League. That would be my estimation. But given his position and given what he's good at, given his body type, he's 6'7", six, 6'8", six, lanky, kind of like Green, or kind of like uh, Jeremy Grant. Uh, does a little bit of everything on the floor. Uh, hits threes, rebounds, um, kind of handles the ball a little bit if, if need be. I've been working on his post-up moves. He's been really successful in the Euro League, and I think that he could come over and immediately contribute to the Nuggets. The question is whether you want him in there or Bull Bull, or uh, if you you got to get a little bit crazy if you start giving Greg Whittington a bunch of minutes. So I think I would prefer to see Bull Bull, but it wouldn't surprise me if Whittington came in, and, and especially if there were injuries, if he came in and immediately played some minutes because he bridges the gap between Michael Porter Jr. and Nikola Jokic in a way that Jeremy Grant does. Uh, he'll defend a lot of different pieces. He will be off the ball for three. He'll get some rebounds. He'll be athletic in transition, etc. So I think there's a role for Greg Whittington in the NBA. I'm not I'm not sure about Marcus Howard, but I'm pretty sure that Greg Whittington at 27 years old, he will lock onto a team like, like Torrey Craig did. The question is whether it will be in Denver or not. So we'll see what happens, but let's take another break. When we come back, going to circle back to the five biggest questions heading into training camp. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Final segment here, Nuggets numbers. Uh, let's talk about training camp. Let's talk about the biggest questions because there are a lot of them. I limited it to five because I thought that that was a good round number and didn't really need to go much longer than that. But you could have others. So, But let's, let's start with the biggest five right now. Uh, number one, the number one question I have about training camp. Which players are healthy and ready to go immediately? Uh, this is going to be tough because, as I mentioned at the beginning, uh, 
Jamal Murray had a long stretch in the bubble. Nikola Jokic had a long stretch in the bubble. Those guys played a ton of minutes. And if if they aren't ready to go at the outset, then I think the Nuggets could be in a little bit of trouble. If they are ready to go, then that's great. Uh, they're not the only players on the roster, though, and it'll be interesting to see who joins them. Um, Michael Porter Jr. played a lot of minutes. I, I didn't include this stat on Twitter, but he played 450 minutes in the playoffs, and he played 900 minutes in the regular season. So literally 33% of his minutes so far have come in a playoff setting, which I think is absurd. Uh, and it really goes to show just how different like his role is now. Like he uh, He wasn't playing that much before he got to the bubble. And then he averaged a bunch of minutes when he first set foot on the regular season games, the seeding games. And then he averaged 24 minutes a night when he was in the playoffs. So there is at least a sentiment that Michael Porter Jr. could be ready to go immediately because he does have that experience in his back pocket. Uh, It's going to be a a struggle. It's going to be a major transition, but that's actually my second question. So let let me table that right now. I'm most concerned about Will Barton. Will Barton is right now in a situation where nobody really knows what his health is. Nobody really knows what his status is. Uh, You ask Mike Singer on Twitter, and he's probably the most plugged into any Nugget situation, and he says he doesn't know. He might know more, but that's what he says, and and I tend to believe him. that I haven't really heard anything on on the outside from what Will Barton's status is heading into camp. Uh, He left the bubble back in August in kind of a weird way. Uh, It was a very bizarre situation that the Nuggets were in, and they needed him to be there in order to beat the Los Angeles Lakers. And if you ask people in the Nuggets organization, they think that they had a chance if Barton was healthy, if he was ready to go. I'm a little bit skeptical there, but it doesn't matter. Like, Barton wasn't there. And and I would love to have seen him be healthy, but the fact is is that at the end of each of the previous two seasons, hasn't been ready to go. So, there's a major question as to whether he'll be ready to go for the start of this year. Uh, He can come out and prove that immediately, and maybe this is a non-story and he'll just be ready to go, and he'll start at small forward on opening night. Uh, That might not not happen, though, and might have a little bit more questions heading into this thing. I mentioned Michael Porter Jr. for that starting lineup spot. Um, That's my second question. Is Michael Porter Jr. in the starting lineup immediately or not? And this all really comes down to two things. It's how committed Michael Porter Jr. is to doing the things that Michael Mullen asks him to do. And it's whether Michael Malone is willing to give him the keys, knowing that there will be mistakes along the way. This is a major question. And we're in a spot with these two where... I think that the future rests with Michael Porter Jr. and what he can do in the lineup between Murray and Jokic. Those three together are going to be extremely potent, and I think it it could be awesome. It could be great. Um, It might not be, and it might not be perfect from the outset. So whether those players and whether the coaching staff is willing to work through those issues on a day-to-day basis and whether they're willing to accept those from the beginning is a major question, I think. 
I would be surprised if Porter wasn't in the starting lineup. That's kind of been my thought from the outset, but I still think that the Nuggets are in a position where they need to decide that immediately and not have it hanging over their heads for the entire season. Because Porter is trending that direction, whether they like it or not, whether like he, he has already shown the talent to be one of the top two scorers on the Nuggets, not even top three, top two. Um, and it would surprise me if he wasn't more involved. Number three is who starts at power forward. I've already talked about this with Jermichael Green and Paul Millsap. I don't know if this is going to be decided from the outset. Maybe Paul Millsap just reprises his role. Uh, he started every game in the bubble, and even at 35, turning 36 in February, he might still do that. Uh, that might be just what they do. Uh, I think that Green is probably the better fit with Porter going forward, but we will see. Number four, who's going to be the backup point guard? This is probably actually the biggest question in my opinion because I have no idea what the Compazzo-Morris dynamic is going to look like. I have no idea whether they're going to play together. And if they're going to play together, what does that do to the rest of the rotation? Um, I think the Nuggets are interested in adding Bull Bull to the rotation, but if they also play Isaiah Hartenstein and if they also want... uh, Jamichael Green and Paul Millsap in there, then the number crunch is just a little bit weird. and So this could be a situation where not everybody plays every night. Or they play a reduced role and everybody's unhappy. So it's going to be fascinating to see how it's handled. Um, but the contenders are Monte Morris and Facundo Campazzo. And I would be pretty shocked if Campazzo didn't play. Which, uh, which kind of says to me that we're in a situation with Monte Morris that we don't know what's going to happen there. Uh, so we'll see if they uh, if they ultimately figure that out. But number five, is Bulbo legit? That is the final question here. Bulbo is an enigma. He is somebody who I don't really have a handle on right now. Uh, I think the Nuggets really like him. I think it's very clear that, that they have made some moves this offseason, not bringing back Kata Bates-Diop, not bringing back Tory Craig, where that's kind of the position where you think that Bull Bull could be most impactful, either at the three or the four. If he plays the three, then it's going to get it's gonna get really weird. But, like, if he plays the four, that might make some sense. I don't think that Paul Millsap and Jermichael Green are going to give up a bunch of time, but or if if that's the case, then that means the Bull Bull could either play the five or he could play the three. And neither of those spots are perfect for him, I think. I think he's probably settling into a power forward role. But we're going to find out. We're going to see him really compete for minutes this year, and it might not be one position that he competes at. He could just be kind of that rover, that, that hybrid player who just plays where it needed. And he's talented enough to be able to do that. It helps when you're 40% from three and you can block shots on the perimeter. Uh, He's really intriguing. So that's probably it. That's probably what I have. That's going to do it for this episode of Nuggets Numbers. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, on Spotify, wherever wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to check out denverstiffs.com for all of this latest coverage. Having a good time with the staff right now and 
really uh, ramping up into some new content stuff. Uh, going to be a lot of fun. Going to be a lot of fun to cover this Nuggets team because we don't really know what's going to happen. It's going to be an interesting year. And, and uh, despite the fact that I think that they got worse without Jeremy Grant, I think that they became infinitely more interesting because things aren't perfect now. Like, it's not the perfect situation. So they have to work through it and figure it out for themselves. That's going to put a lot of pressure on a lot of people, and pressure makes diamonds. So we'll see what happens, but that's going to do it for this episode, and I'll talk to you guys very soon.